This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. question for all of you listening to open up today's Madden Money Bets podcast. Why would anybody bet on the Steelers against Philadelphia and why would anybody bet on the Eagles and give 10 and a half points? This is Mark Madden, super genius, and I'm smart enough to stay away from that game, I'm pretty sure. I'm joined now by my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, 10 and a half points is a lot of points. Which way do you go, or do you leave this one alone? See, I'm not smart enough to stay away from this game. I love the Eagles. I think they're going to cover that 10.5 points. I know that's a lot to give. It always makes you a little bit nervous when you have to lay double digits. But I think they're going to cruise to at least a two-touchdown victory. They're coming off a bye. I think they're the best team in the NFL, or at least one of them. Best in the NFC, anyway. For sure. I I love the Eagles in this spot. I think they should be given more points. But here's always my fear when you have a line like 10.5, that the Eagles get way ahead, they get bored, they sub out, and the Steelers backdoor cover. You see that happen all the time with big spreads. I don't think I'm worried about that with the Steelers' offense, though. Even even (laughs) if the backups are in, I don't know if they're capable to backdoor cover. If the Eagles are up by 20 points, you think the Steelers can chop 10 away? I don't. How many points do you think the Eagles are going to score? They'll score in the 30s. Okay, so for the Steelers to cover, they have to score in the 20s, and I just don't see that. So you've, you've kind of talked me into it. So you think the Eagles are for real then? I do think the Eagles are for real. We did the podcast for the unfiltered version earlier this week, and we said there was three top-tier teams in the yes. NFL. The Bills, the Chiefs, and the Eagles. And the Eagles alone in the NFC in that regard. Yes, Although I think they are the third of that top tier, I just think they're legit enough to make it to the Super Bowl. And when you make it to the Super Bowl, you can win the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl contender for sure. Best team in the NFC, no doubt in my mind. And they do it with – they have 14 takeaways on defense, which is the most in the NFL. Great defense. They've only turned the ball over – Ball-hawking defense. They've only turned the ball over twice, Mark. Two interceptions. They haven't lost a fumble and we're in week eight. And Jalen Hurts plays that wide-open quarterback style, but he still protects the ball. He protects the ball. He's an MVP front runner next to Kirk Cousins, of course, right now. 
as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he, I don't know. I got an update on that. Uh, <laughs> I might wish I'd bet on Jalen Hurts, but go ahead. <laughs> but he's right there in that MVP race. They protect the football. They hold the ball for 33 minutes a game, which is the most in the NFL. So over half the game, the Eagles possess the football. They don't make any mistakes. They score a lot of points without giving up a lot of points. They average like 26 points per game. Okay, but can Jalen Hurts beat a good team in a playoff game? That's always going to be in the back of your head. Can, when he, the beat, can he beat San Francisco in a playoff game? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you will about him, he he has won his share of big games. But he's not going up against Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going up against the Niners' defense, which is one of the best in football, which would give me a little bit of nerves. It will probably be in Philadelphia. I think most of the games, if not all of them, will be in Philadelphia unless they mangle the top spot. They won't. So home field advantage will play into their hands. That great offensive line will be able to help Jalen Hurts along if the moment gets too big for him. But I would be a little trepidatious if Tom Brady rolls into the link. In Trepidation is my word. Don't steal my word. Okay. Uh, are the Steelers that bad? Uh, as a rule, I wouldn't bet a game with a line like that either way. But I am tempted to take the Eagles giving the 10.5 because the Steelers are that bad. Matt Canada is the uh, scapegoat, the offensive coordinator. But Jason LaConfora, who's a pretty good football writer, he put the right spin on that. He said the Steelers stink, and we've just decided Matt Canada is the face of that. But it ain't, it ain't all his fault and even not mostly his fault. Yeah, he's not the sole reason why they stink. There's a lot of people that stink uh, for the Steelers. I just think we've seen this movie before. I, I just think this reminds me of Buffalo in, in a lot of ways. Uh, going down to Miami, that's a different story. Uh, Miami's not on that same level as the Bills, as the Eagles. You're going into a stadium which is probably the second toughest place to play in the NFL when the team's rolling like they are behind just Buffalo. So... It's going to be a madhouse. The whole city of Philadelphia is drunk on sports right now. Uh, Eagles are undefeated. Not, not just sports. Very good point. Uh, I just see that this going a lot more of the not, ways of not the just, Buff- Not just booze either. What's that, fentanyl? Fentanyl. That how you pronounce fentanyl. It? Yeah, yeah fentanyl. right. There you go. I just see this going more in the direction of the Bills game than the Dolphins game. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think you're right. Uh, the Steelers are tied for biggest underdog this week. This is great. <laughs> tied with Green Bay who are 10.5-point underdogs at Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers is a 10.5-point underdog. Wow. See, and that, I'm tempted to take the points with Aaron Rodgers. I I just, although I think the Bills are 10.5 points better than the Packers, especially at home, Rodgers has been embarrassed the past couple weeks. If you're going to show any pride, you do. But if you're going to show any pride, it's this week. He was on the McAfee show cracking wise and pointing fingers. He does that all the time, though. That's classic Aaron Rodgers. Not, not, not after he got you know. Not when he's three and four. Not when he's three and four. But this is going to be it. You're on Sunday Night Football. You're playing the cream of the crop of the league. You can write all of the negative narratives that have been spun about you the past couple weeks if you go into Buffalo and pull off that upset. Well, he'd better not totally fall apart at the end of his career because if he does, no matter how many MVPs he has, and he has four, right? Yes. Uh, he's only got one Super Bowl. Correct. And people are going to bring that up the closer he gets to the end with just one Super Bowl. I feel like people expect that he'll pull another one out of his bag of tricks. It's becoming more apparent that's not going to happen. And there will be some heat on him. People people are waiting to put heat on him. I think rightfully Cause, cause, so. Because he's asked, he's asked for it for many years. And I think it's rightful. He, yep. Yeah. If you're that good, you win that many MVPs, you got to get multiple Super Bowls. You know, it's great to have the one, and that'll get you in the Hall of Fame for sure. He would have been in the Hall of Fame even if he never got one Super Bowl with the numbers that he put up. The Scientology Hall of Fame anyway. He's already in that one, I believe. <laughs> 
you, you'd only know that if you were a Scientologist. Oh, it's a secret. We'll scrub that from the podcast. Tom Cruise got that Medal of Merit. Like I, <laughs> I don't think Aaron Rod- Aaron Rodgers has never come out. Maybe he's not. I, I like to think that he is. Quite honestly, it would not surprise you if he was Scientologist. Well, no, his longtime girlfriend was it Olivia Munn? Yes, is a Scientologist. And, he, and, and he, they usually date in the same circle. And he is disconnected from his family, which Scientologists do. So there you go. What a weird path this turned down for Aaron Rodgers' talk. But he has. Oh, no, I bring it up all the time. If you're Manning, if you're Brady, if you have that kind of cachet behind your name, you need the multiple Super Bowls. Next time I get on McAfee, I'm going to grill Pat about Aaron Rodgers being a Scientologist. <laughs> and then you won't be is, on for another year. Yeah, right. I, that's assuming I ever get on again. Uh, Chicago is a nine and a half point underdog at Dallas. But Chicago just won at New England. And I don't buy into Dallas or Dak. Even at 5-2, and two, I don't believe in them. I know you've never been a big fan of Dak. I, I think he is an above-average quarterback that is surrounded by That's a lot. That's it. Lo- That's it. But he's surrounded by a really good team, which is what you need if you have just an above-average quarterback. And Dallas's defense is top five in the league, and I think they're running the ball really well. Zeke's having a good year, and he doesn't have to carry a lot on his plate because Tony Pollard's just as capable of a running back. So that's a lot of points, though. I think I'd probably lay the 9.5 if you forced me to bet. That's one I'd probably stay away from more than the Steelers, though. Just because of what the Bears did last week, it would scare me off. If you made me take a team, I'd take Dallas, given the points, because I just don't think the Bears could play two good games in a row, and Dallas is better than New England. And that's on the road, too, right? That's in Dallas. So and that's at Dallas, right? Back-to-back road games for Chicago, that's a pretty tall ask. Now, now we're talking about big lines. Uh, speaking of being backstage with Motley Crue all those years ago, Uh <laughs> What about these huge, crazy-ass college lines like Penn State plus 16 at home, at home against Ohio State, and I have no doubt Ohio State covers. See, I was going to say that would be my best bet of the week, Ohio State covering that spread. Is that a whiteout? They do it a whiteout? No, the whiteout was last week against Minnesota. They only do whiteouts when they know they're going to win. They got to win the game. That's right. They did it one year against Ohio State, but they were really good that year, Penn State. It was like when Trace McSorley and and Barkley was there, so they thought they could win, and they did win the game, but... It's a noon kickoff in Penn State. I think Ohio State's the best team in the country in college football, uh, offensively for sure. It, it's hard to tell because the SEC seems beat each other. Yeah, they beat up each, that, on each other a clearly, lot. clearly, the SEC, is, it, it's always been the major league of college football. It's by far now the best conference. By far. Three playoff caliber teams that could win it all in Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. If you took the bottom half of the SEC, it might beat the top half of the Big Ten Head-to-head in games with only Ohio State winning. Save Vanderbilt? I think you're right. Okay, let's knock Vanderbilt out. Let's knock Ohio State out. And then and then the SEC might sweep. You're right. I think the SEC would sweep. It's clearly it's, better conference. It's the minor league of the NFL, the SEC. But I do think Ohio State can compete with those big boys. And offensively, they're just a wonder. And C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in college football this year. Do, do, you, do you agree, though, the SEC teams facing have an advantage when they play in the playoffs because if they get in a tight spot, they faced more of those before in the SEC? I do like a team that is battle-tested when it comes to a tight playoff game versus a team like Ohio State that's just run up the scoreboard against your Northwesterns and your Indianas and your Illinois all year long. Georgia Tech plus 24 at Florida State. That's Georgia Tech who beat Pitt. As soon as I saw that, I said, wow. As someone who was at the Georgia Tech pick game, trust me on this, the Yellow Jackets are feisty. Take the 24 and a half points. Uh, Florida plus 22 and a half at Georgia. Georgia's ranked number one, of course. Now, um, I have no idea what Florida has now, but boy, they've fallen a long way, ain't they? They've fallen they a long way. They used to be way. such a powerhouse. It goes to show how much coaching means 
Although, did they, they won after Spurrier, didn't they, or did they? Yeah, Urban. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot. All. But, like, when they have Spurrier or Urban, they win. When they have anybody else, they don't. They can't get the next big coach. And you'd think they'd be able to land one of these home run coaches because they're a program that just puts a ton of money into their football. But you don't want to follow that guy. That's like when Joe Paterno got, got, got elbowed out at Penn State. I give Bill O'Brien, we've talked about this before, so much credit. I didn't want to be the guy to replace Paterno. I want to be the guy to replace the guy who replaced Paterno. Because you're never going to be as good as Paterno. It's you're just never going to be as well-received as Paterno. I mean, good, bad, that's dependent on the era. You, you could never have a dynasty like Paterno at Penn State, and really at only one or two places now in this era. But now you're so away from Urban that you'd think that they would go for a, a Brian Kelly or somebody like that, someone who's established at a different program and try to just give them a ton of money and bring them in. I still can't get over the Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU because he felt he had a better chance at winning the national title at LSU. And the reason I can't get over that is because it's true. He's right. He's 100% right. And look at what you want to talk about a guy following in the steps of the guy. Look at Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame right now. I mean, they're a train wreck. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog to Syracuse. I think Syracuse is actually legit good this year, and that game's in Syracuse. I would lay two and a half points for them to beat Notre Dame by more than a field I want to see how Syracuse rebounds, though, from blowing that game to Clemson. Because, you know, even though I give Syracuse credit for hanging in there and leading for so long, and there were a couple questionable calls that went against them, they still blew the game. They did, and you know what's tough about that? They're on the same side of the ACC as Clemson, so it's not like you can regroup and be like, well, we can still get to that conference championship game. You have to hope that Clemson slips up twice, if you and, and you win out if you want to get to Charlotte's. So their hopes of being in the title game are gone. Okay, here's my my bets of the week. Uh, I I got my bet of the week. My numero uno head honcho is New York Jets plus one and a half at home against New England. I've been winning with the Jets all year. New England looks dazed and confused. Bill Belichick did some incoherent (laughs) monologue about who was going to play quarterback, uh, whether it's Jones or Zappi. I think New England's finally falling apart. I think Belichick might be going a little nuts, though. I like the Jets. I like it, and they made a good move too. They got James Robinson to replace their running back when he got hurt. So they're going for it a little bit right now. That's characteristic of a well-run organization, which is something that the Jets have never really been since Namath. You'd think it's so. characteristic of an organization that understands what it has and what it can do. Exactly, and I don't think James Robinson is going to be as good as Brees Hall, even though Brees Hall's a rookie. Might, might be good enough. He might be good enough, and they still have Michael Carter, who's a pretty good number two running back. I like the Jets, too, this week. I like Seattle minus three versus the other New York team a what, lot. What is something crazy? This shows the parity of the NFL. Do you know the only game this week between two teams with winning records is, Seattle is New the York? Giants and Seattle of all teams, right? <laughs> I would have thought that at the beginning it's of crazy. the year. It's crazy. But Seattle minus three, that's a really tough place to play, especially now that the fan base is probably like, what the heck? We're actually in the playoff race. Let's get invested in the season again. It's two extremely improbable teams. If you made me bet in that game, I'd probably... See, I like Seattle to win the game, but I think it's going to be really tight. Yeah, Yeah. I might stay away from that one. Okay. I'm taking the better quarterback, Geno Smith. Uh, That's scary to say. How about how about Danny Dimes has more rushing yards than Najee Harris? <sighs> Najee Harris. It's very upsetting what we've seen from him so far this year. Or funny, depending on your point of view. Uh, I'm tempted to take Buffalo. We talked about this before. Minus 10.5 at home against Green Bay. Again, because Aaron Rodgers is in the tank. You, you know what? That game you'll know in the first quarter. Aaron Rodgers will either come out with something to prove or... More likely, one of his receivers will make a mistake, and he'll go in the tank further and maybe for good. 
And that place is just, if Buffalo scores a couple of quick touchdowns, the tide just is so against you up there that it'd be hard for him to even claw his way back into one of those backdoor covers like we talked about with the Steelers potentially. I'd probably lean towards no bet in this one, but I think if you made me bet, I'd go with Rodgers, and maybe I'm a sucker, and maybe I'm just buying into his past and not his present, but I think I'll buy into his past for at least one more week. Uh, I got Cincinnati minus 3.5 at Cleveland. These are all from the Bet Rivers uh, Sportsbook, of course, these lines. Cincinnati is rounding into form, and, and Cleveland's talking about making trades, like uh, trading Kareem Hunt and uh, what's that cornerback, Grizzly Adams or Greedy, Greedy, what's his name? Greedy Williams. Yeah, yeah, him, <laughs> whatever his name is. And, you know, when a team talks about trading guys who are valuable components, that sends a bad message to the rest of the dressing room. And, and like I said, Cincinnati's starting to look good. I thought, uh, we, we talked about this on the other podcast, I thought I thought Joe Burrow had a chance at Norm Van Brocklin, yeah. the passing record. Uh, maybe he'll get against Cleveland. Well, I agree with you that I, I think Cincinnati's rounding into form. They look like the best team in the AFC North. Uh, they had a little bit of maybe a Super Bowl hangover early in the year, but maybe they've been able to shake that off now. But you look at their games individually, all of them winnable. All of them, Joe Burrow had them in the lead with under two minutes left to go. So I think the Bengals are going to be just fine. They might start rounding off a couple wins here. I wouldn't be surprised if you look up in a few weeks and they're like 7-3. and three. Now, here's my MVP bet update. I, I bet on Kirk Cousins at, uh, what was it, plus 4,000. Yes. Uh, it, it, now, Minnesota's 5-1 to lead the NFC North by two and a half games. They're going to win the division. They're going to win the division this year. Okay. Um, they're ahead by three in the loss column, which to this point in the season. With a win against Green Bay already. Yeah, that's a huge lead yeah. this early. But Kirk Cousins is 16th in passing yards, only nine touchdowns, five picks, which is high for him. That's always been his thing. He don't throw picks. So the MVP thing, it's not going real good. But there's there's time left, and really the most important thing, Tom, is that they're five and one and going to win the division. If he can if he can come on strong down the stretch and like you know get like 34, 35 touchdown passes, yes, which he's capable of, and they win the division, he's got a shot. Not a good shot, but a shot. But you need the team success behind you, and he's going to have the team success behind him. You ready for this great Kirk Cousins stats though? Good. They're coming off of a bye this week. In his career, Kirk Cousins is 2-5 and five against the spread coming off a bye. Since 2010, the Vikings are 3-10 and 10 against the spread off a bye week, the least profitable team in the NFL. They're 3.5-point favorite against Arizona at home this week. Arizona stinks, though. I think Arizona does stink. They only won that game against the Saints in the matter that they did because Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes. And the Saints stink. <laughs> yes. And, and, and Kyler Murray stinks, by the way. How do you draft Josh Rosen, who stinks, but you don't give him much of a chance. Then you draft Kyler Murray on top of him, and he stinks too. And then you give Kyler Murray like a jillion dollars. Yeah, it's, the problem with Kyler Murray is he just stinks less than Josh Rosen, and he has some exciting plays that you give him that money, and now you're stuck with mediocrity at the quarterback position for the next five, six years. Okay, now it's time for the five guys segment. Uh, uh, Tom's feature. Tom, what do you got today? What's the category? It's uh, bets between movie characters. So these oh, okay. aren't, they're not necessarily in a casino laying down a bet or anything. That's just a straight up handshake or something like that. We start in the movie Beer Fest. Wolfhouse versus Von Wolfhausen. Double or nothing for the factory. Yeah, uh, that's a great movie, first off. Great movie. Uh, I was kind of surprised that uh, Von Wolfhausen, the, uh, the, the submarine commander from Das Boot... I was kind of surprised he he made the bet. That's kind of going out on a limb when they weren't that drunk. Well, he said spectator number two was the reason why he did it, because he wanted him killed after that point. Right. Take the bet. <laughs> that, that's just a great movie. And then I want spectator number two killed. Do, do you, the, the, the Broken Lizard movies, do you find they're hit or miss? 
I mean, Beer Fest was great. Super Troopers and Beer Fest, elite comedies. Super Troopers 2, very good. Can't touch them. It redid Super Troopers 1, but still very good. But still good. It was enough time between the two that it worked. You but know what, what I were mean? some of the other ones, like Club Dread? Club Dread is okay. S- Slam, Slam and, and Salmon. Salmon. Yeah. Okay. I don't think they're missed necessarily. They're just not as a hit. Like, those are home runs, Super Troopers and Beer Fest. That was great when, uh, boy, I forget the actor's name, said, we're not that drunk. And then they stand up real tall and resolute with our arms Cheeky crossed. bastard. <laughs> They're not that drunk. They're not that drunk. Okay. You got me hooked so far. McAvoy versus Sims, Tin Cup. Who can hit the seven iron the farthest for the car? Oh, and he hits it down, he the, hits F- it down the road. He hit it down the effing road, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's tremendous. Skip, Still skip, going. Skip, skip, skip. Yeah. That, that's the... And they, they, there's another bet where he knocks the albatross the, alba- the, the uh, bird off the, the post. The seagull, was it? Yeah, I think it was the seagull. He goes through the bar, and the, the announcer like goes, he's got to go through the bar. Gary McCord. Yeah, he's got to clear the Romeo, bar. Romeo, will you control that spectator? Carry about five yards of water here. He's got to pop that seagull right off its perch. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that movie's... There's a lot about that movie I don't like because it's, it's a Kevin Costner... Deep down, it really is not a golf movie. It's a sappy rom-com. But it did itself a lot of favors by making it R, so they could get as vulgar as they wanted. And uh, Cheech Marin's excellent. He's excellent as the caddy. Very unbelievable ending, though. Everybody would just choose to win the U.S. Open and lay up instead of go for it. But that avoided the cheesy sports ending, so it made it different. That had to be the ending. And you know what, too? They they also kind of backdoored when they noted that he still qualified for the tour as, what, a top right. five so finisher. Right, so now he's, he's on the PGA Tour now, basically. Right. right. So there's still a little bit of a happy ending. He should have been off the tour. He should have effed up so bad he's off the tour. Like, he should have run out of balls. Disqualified, he's yeah, he didn't yeah. finish. That's what they should have done. But he still gets Renee Russo until she realizes he's broke, so is she, and goes back to David Sims, or maybe her and Stadler kind of had a moment, a didn't chemistry, they? chemistry, didn't they? Okay, number three. Hobbs versus the Whammer in the natural. Can I strike him out on three pitches? <laughs> that is tremendous. <laughs> that is tremendous. Uh, Not the only kind of bet in that movie either, because if you remember, they're playing for control of the team. If they win, then the manager Oh, gets the, the judge team. and Pop. Wil- Wilford Brimley gets it, I'm yes. never going to let you take this team from Pop. Yes. Uh, what were some of, there were some great lines in the exchange between the drunk Scott, the Whammer, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Max Mercy? Yeah, Duvall's character. Yeah, yeah. and Because um, he bets on Hobbs to strike him out. He bets 10 pitches on him, doesn't he? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, he no. bets the other way. No, he's just the umpire. I don't think he bets. I thought he put a bet down. I thought Mercy put a bet the, down. The bet's between the scout okay. and uh, the whammer. The whammer. Is that right? I think so. Or was it between the scout and Max Mercy? We're not looking it up. Who and cares? And by the way, it was such a tilted bet, too, because if he throws one ball. It's over. It's over, and Max Mercy's the ump. But you got to think if you're the whammer, at least on that first pitch, you're swinging no matter where it's at because you're just trying to crush this ball as far as you can and shove it up this guy's ass. Yeah, but he also was shocked by the speed of the pitch. Right. It Plus, took him back. If, if the whammer wins that contest, he gets shot by the lady in, what, was, was she black? She was trying to kill the greatest baseball player that was around, and since he struck him out, she assumed that he do was know, naturally. Do you know that part of it's based on a real story? She killed someone. Tried to kill uh, Babe Ruth. Uh, no, uh, uh, what's assumed to be a groupie because the you know we didn't have the internet back then. Shot uh, first base for the Phillies. Eddie Waitkus. I want to say nineteen fifty one. Didn't kill him, but ruined his career. But uh, no, he came back. He came back. Good yeah. for him. Don't forget baseball. Then you have to be that good to stand at first base. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, but that that kind of really happened. All right, number four. Billy Madison versus Eric the Decathlon, the academic Decathlon for Madison Hotels. See. 
I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. That's the weakest entry in today's uh, Five Guys so far. But that's a hell of a bet. But it's so slapsticky. That movie was so slapsticky. I love the part during the academic decathlon where uh, Eric plays a flawless violin and then Adam Sandler just like blows into an oboe and goes, I quit. He's good. (laughs) I I, I like I do like when Steve Buscemi was he was going to he was going to kill Adam Sandler. Right. And then Adam Sandler apologized to him. So he he crossed crossed him off the list. list. Yeah. And then he saves the day. He's like, thank God I called that guy when he shoots the crazy or he shoots Eric at the end. Ever notice how Steve Buscemi has great cameos in a lot of movies? And Adam Sandler movies in and, particular, and supporting supporting roles like in, uh, oh God, what's the one where where uh, Fargo? Never seen Fargo, but I heard. Oh it's my tremendous. God, he's tremendous in it. He's and he's not a, he's not a main player in it. Uh, he's a supporting actor. Nice. He's not one of the guys, but he's 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 he has a prominent role. Can you think of an actor that has as much range too? I mean, comedically great, and also in serious roles. What was his best? A serious role or comedic? Role? Any role. Crazy Eyes and Mr. Deeds. It's a good call. <laughs> I, I I think I think it was uh, Boardwalk Empire. I hear that show is just because he was the focus of Boardwalk Empire, and that's serious role, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Number one. Have you ever seen the movie Hot Tub Time Machine? No, even though I referenced on my show uh, the other day. Oh, uh, you're not going to get this then. But it's so tailored to you that it's perfect. Go ahead. Lou and Nick, which are the characters played by Rob Corddry and Craig Robinson. Already, I like it. Bet. A guy named Rick at a bar, and they're in the past, remember, and the game on the TV is the drive, Elway versus the Browns. And the Browns look like they're going to win, right? Right. So they bet this guy, Lou, Cordry's character, bets Rick that Elway's going to come back, lead an amazing drive, the Broncos are going to win and go to the Super Bowl. So he's like, yeah, right. What do you want the stakes to be? And Cordry goes, all right, if Elway does it, your wife pleasures me in the bathroom. Although he doesn't say it quite that way. Right. Doesn't sugarcoat it like that. Rick, the guy responds with, okay, fine. But if I win the bet, you got to do the same thing to your buddy, referring to Craig T. Robinson in the bathroom. Long story short, history changes itself because the butterfly effect, the butterfly effect happens. A squirrel what runs do you mean onto the, the butterfly field. effect. The butterfly effect? You've never heard of that? No, I, there was that movie with Ashton well, we go back. If you go back in time Amy and do Smart. something differently, it changes everything. Like it changes the entire thing. Oh, future. okay. So, so, so Rob Cordy had to pleasure Craig Robinson. Well, that's what ended up happening. But it, See, but that's ridiculous because the Browns, I mean, butterfly effect or no, the Browns ain't winning nothing. Yeah, ever. but what a great bet. And, Mark, the reason why it's right up your alley, the actor that plays Rick, William Zapka. Oh, well, then I, I'll watch it. You as have soon to as, watch Hot Dog As soon as Machine. we're done doing this podcast. Uh, you, you know what? That, that kind of trods on the same turf as, uh, as Biff in uh, Back to the Future when he got the sports almanac from years later. Yes, it does. And just bet on everything. But the beauty of the movie Hot Tub Time Machine is it calls itself out for all of that. Like, it, it, it really is a spoof of time travel movies while also being a pretty good time travel movie. Well, uh, if you got an almanac like Biff did in Back to the Future that had all those results, yes. would you bet big the first time or would you bet slow? You got to slow play it. Yeah, just to make sure the book's not... Not, not, not uh, wise or... You're not fished in. And I don't want to get too famous either. Like, I don't want to be, like, so famous that everybody's going to know how much money I have and, like, maybe come after me. Here's what I would do. I would bet small on the first event. I would bet huge on the next two and clean up big. I would bet half of what I bet on each of the two winners on a loser intentionally 
Throw him off the trail. Yeah, throw him off the trail. Then I, I'd go like for every after that for every three four winners, I'd give him one loser. You know, you're right about betting small first too, because you're even going to have doubts that this sports almanac works, right? And don't don't forget, you're going to get like comp for everything in Vegas too. No question. And even more so if you throw him a, a loser once in a while. Because they're going to keep reeling you in because they're going to be like, oh, he's going to lose big eventually. Just keep That's him right. in there. That's Just right. keep him in there. And you go to blackjack and you look like you don't know how you're playing. You give back like twenty five grand there. <laughs> you hit when you shouldn't be hitting. Right, right. You just, believe me, I, I don't win a lot in Vegas. I know how to get comped for sure. There's a certain <laughs> way to get comped. Uh, okay, now, uh, before we wrap this up, we got to talk about uh, my Premier League bets, which are just going horribly. I'm not on $200 betting uh, every match day, uh, $250 bets, although I, I missed a match day because it was midweek. But you're going to go through all the match weeks? You're going to keep this live? Every match, every week, match week you're going to bet? Every, I'm going to bet every uh, match, every weekend match week because I'll be at the casino on Fridays to do my radio right. show. So uh, here's here's what I'm looking at this week. I got Aston Villa, uh, who just fired Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard as their manager. They're plus 350 at Newcastle. Now, Newcastle are hot. They're the flavor of the month. But Villa hired Unai Emery to be the manager. He's a very good manager. This was going to be a close game uh, anyway. And I think that Villa's going to have that new manager energy that, that you get when, yeah. you, when you make a change and everybody thinks they're playing for their job. So I'm going to go with Villa plus 350 at Newcastle. It's a good value It's a lot bet. of value there. Yeah, and my uh, other bet is probably going to be uh, Leicester's at home against Man City. I'm going to take over three and a half. Uh, that's a high number, but City scores like crazy. Leicester scores a fair amount too, and Leicester won't dig in. They won't park the bus. They'll go out and try to play because they got some good players. They got like uh, – Tillmans and uh, and Madison and Jamie Vardy's washed up, but he's up front. But what's up with them right now? They're Leicester? stuck. They're stuck in the relegation zone. What's up with Liverpool? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get to them in a second. One of my one of my favorite songs ever was when Leicester won the league. Yeah, and the next year they were in the relegation zone for a while. Okay, and, and they they recovered. They rallied, and, and they've yeah. never been. They they've done pretty good, all things considered, being a club of their size. Yeah. But where was I think it was West Ham? They were singing, and I'm 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 bleeping here. Uh, Jamie Vardy being their star player, to the tune of "Come on, feel the noise," and this like this was so clear you could hear it on TV because those guys over there know how to cheer. The, the, oh, they put American fans to yeah, yeah. shame. But it was f off, Jamie Vardy. You've had your effing potty. You're going down, 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 down. And he was like out there, and he's like kind of trying not to laugh because it's <laughs> pretty it's good. Such a good chance. Yeah, it's like... pretty good, but but he don't want to get relegated either. And my other temptation is uh, Liverpool hosts Leeds. And as we speak, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about uh, Liverpool Ajax mm-hmm. in the Champions League. Liverpool needs a draw or a win to clinch advancing. But Leeds is plus 795. Uh, okay, and there I believe in a relegation battle. Wow. So my temptation is, and I, and I won't do this, but I'm still tempted to bet Leeds. That's a ton. Because then if Liverpool lose, at least I get money out of it. A ton of money, too. But I'm still not going to do it. I should have done it last week. Forrest was plus 1,500 <sighs> and beat Liverpool 1-0. Was that one of the bigger upsets in your fandom? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they were in last place, weren't they? Yeah. I think they still might be. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. Um, so what do we conclude? Uh, take 
take they, the Eagles. Okay, take lay the, the ten and a half points. They've covered four of their last five games at home too, and the Steelers have lost nine straight games at the link. How about this for parlay? Steelers money line and leads. Oh, I'm not going to. You could quit the show. Well, I would. I'd, I'd feel like I betrayed myself on so many levels if I made that bet. That's Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. Thanks to everybody at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. This is Madden Money Bets. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, BetRivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.